Good day today, and welcome. A, uh, a different day today, a different tone today. Yesterday, a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation for the postseason, or more so for the weekend coming up, leading, possibly leading to the postseason, hopes of the postseason. Uh, yesterday at this time, uh, we were talking about uh, our plans. We were talking about how, uh, you know, I was telling everybody I'm going to, you know, do some food, go down to the bar. Uh, I couldn't wait to sit down and watch Buffalo and Cincinnati last night. The uh, play two really good teams, probably the best matchup on Monday Night Football we've seen all season long. Two teams with uh, seating ramifications and such. And uh, and then obviously early on in that ball game with five minutes, just over five minutes to go in the first quarter, the uh, the the you know the the scene unfolded on the field at in Cincinnati that uh, I think quite frankly it it shocked us all. Nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but um, we have never seen CPR on the field before. We've seen a lot of things. We've seen guys go down with head injuries. We saw Tua on that exact same field uh, go down with his second concussion in a matter of four days and tense up and what have you. We saw Ryan Shazier injured and his body lifeless. I mean, he still was awake and alert, but his body lifeless as the shock to his spinal cord Um left him laying motionless on a carpet. What we saw last night was... We all saw it, so I don't have to describe it. But we saw an outpouring of emotion from both sides, whether you were from Bills Mafia, Bengals fans, both teams. We saw the attempt to regroup. And then finally, Sean McDermott just kind of looked at his guys and said, "We, we can't do this. We can't do this. Um, and kudos to, to Sean McDermott. And then even to Zach Taylor, when he came over to the sideline and they looked at each other and just, yeah, just, you know, we can't do this. Uh, I thought Troy Aikman during that broadcast, and let me say this, if you've ever, it, it, it's it's very difficult to see something like that. I've never seen anything like that. I've been covering sports since 1992. I've been playing it since probably the late 70s. I've never seen anything like that. And I've seen some some kind of wicked things in my day. I've never seen anything like that. Never. Um, we know about players that have had heat stroke. We know about, say, Corey Stringer uh, up in Minnesota when he collapsed uh, and he died of uh, of the heat stroke, and then there was a lot of look into certain things that you know players and such were taking and trying to lose weight and working out in the heat, and you know then rules were put in place for that, and things that you know we've seen in the past that you can say, okay, you know we need, we can prevent this. This was the, you, you can't prevent, and we don't even specifically know what exactly caused it and what it was we've seen different speculation and I don't want to go too deep into that but we've never seen anybody given CPR and hit with the defib paddles on the field where his jersey's cut off his shoulder pads are cut off so they could get to the man's chest to begin chest compressions 
and then to hit him with the defib paddles to get his heart started again. We've never seen that. And you couldn't help but think not only of the teammates that had to sit there and witness this, some of them turning their backs so because they just couldn't. The overwhelming influx of mental anguish, it, it was almost unwatchable for some. But then you think, and I couldn't help but think of his mom, his parents, his friends and family that were in the stands that are watching this. This is the equivalent of stadiums being filled back in the day to watch gladiators fight to the death. This guy gave, damn near, gave his life to play football. So um, we witnessed something we'd never seen before. I I know you go back to, I, I think it was, I think... They had talked about an incident with a uh, a Lions player who had a heart attack. And this was back, I think it was probably right about the time. I mean, I think it was either out, not born yet or it was, I was a little kid. But I don't remember anything like that. But uh, the scene is obviously different. The cameras are obviously different. The ability to get into close-up wise is obviously different. And I commend ESPN for the way they handled it. Uh, but but going back to what I wanted to say, Troy Aikman had said something rather poignant. It got kind of lost in the conversation. When they took uh, DeMar Hamlin off the field in the ambulance, and as both sidelines started to regroup, he said, I don't think I could play the game not knowing if he's okay. Because most players that get put on a stretcher, they give you the thumbs up, they're talking, guys will go over, hey, you know, hey, man, we got you. You know, the guy will talk to them, you know, thanks, go get them, whatever. You've got that communication. He lets you know that he's going to survive. He's okay. And you can go back out and play. This you didn't know if they just took a, 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 a teammate that's going to be okay or a dead man off the field. You don't know. And I think everything was done right last night. Uh, I know that it's a game of importance. I understand all of the ramifications with that. But last night was about the human element, the human equation. And sometimes we forget when we call these guys bums and losers and, and, uh, and you know, worthless. And I, I think uh, there was a lot of adjectives that have been used about players and such. And I get it all the time on Twitter when somebody doesn't make a tackle, doesn't make a play, um, you know, looks as if they're not trying. I mean, there's there's all kinds of adjectives that fans throw out. But last night was the, the human equation, and that could not be denied. And I think like many of you, I, I stayed up last night uh, until – and I had uh, friends of mine uh, in Cincinnati that were texting me that were letting me know what was going on. And they'd gotten some information. Obviously, his marketing agent um, had posted on Twitter, and I reposted that, that he had a breathing tube. He was being sedated. Uh, they were going to run additional tests. He had a cardiac cardiac arrest. Um, so it was, uh, it, it was rather dire looking. But uh, I'll give you just a little of my background into this to give you kind of the sense um that exact trauma center was where i was taken on december 4th of 2015 and for those that have followed me throughout my career you know that 
I had an incident with a snowblower in which my heart stopped. And that's the exact same place that I was taken, in the exact same ER, in the exact same trauma center, uh, where you get incredible care. It's, it's, you know, I know everybody says it's considered one of the best in the country, but it really is. It, it's really top-notch care. Um, my uh, cousin used to work there as a nurse. So I texted her last night, and I said, hey, uh, she worked in the ER, so she's seen it all. I said, have you ever seen anything like this? And she said, one, there's two things to remember. One is that the ambulance waited for his family to get into the ambulance and go to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center with him, which is a good sign. Because had it been dire to where he kept arresting, they never would have stopped. They would have sped out of there and got him there within minutes. Uh, She said, so that was probably a pretty good sign that at least he was somewhat stable, still critical, but stable. Um, She said the other is uh, the way they work in Cincinnati is they are extremely cautious. They do not give out information. They don't like to hold press conferences when it comes to um, when it comes to anything, whether it's shooting victims or, you know, what have you. Uh, They don't like to hold press conferences. So it's something it's not out of the norm for them to say, we're not going to do this. We'll not release information. And if they do, it's either a hospital spokesperson or it's via you know, press release. So everything that kind of went on last night was kind of expected as it unfolded or didn't unfold. Uh, But at least it kind of went along the lines of what I was being given. So, and I talked to our buddy Mo Egger down in Cincinnati, I was texting him and just kind of see what was going on. And uh, boy, the outpouring of support of Bills fans and Bengals fans and holding the vigils in front of the hospital last night and down at the stadium last night, they said it was walking out of um, the stadium last evening. They said it was surreal. Nobody was talking uh, other than saying, I hope he's okay. Um, it, it, it just, it was a very, it, it was a very surreal moment. So, you know, I know it's something everybody's talking about. And everybody deals with it emotionally differently for what you saw. Because nobody has seen anybody drop in front of us before. And I know there were some people that were downplaying it, saying he fainted. He didn't faint. He had a heart attack right there on the field. Um, when You know, fainting is fainting and you're still breathing. When they have to provide CPR and give you oxygen and hit you with the paddles to get your heart started again, uh, that that's it. I mean... <laughs> You know, I, that's about as close to death as you can possibly come. So, and I know. <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, you just, you hope that uh, today the information that comes out is he's been stabilized. He's out of critical condition. I know they were running tests uh, on his brain and on his heart last night and this morning. And uh, so now you just, you just wait and see. The other side of this uh, that I think is unfairly being vilified is the NFL. Um, you know, players, first of all, think they're invincible. And secondly, they do it for the love of the game, the love of the competition, the love of the machismo, the love of the money, the love of competition. Um, yes, the NFL gets the rap for being a meat market and uncaring and, you know, not considering and such. And I've seen that ugly side of it, but this is the ugly side of the game in which these guys do put their bodies on the line. So whether that was caused by the blow to his chest, the exertion, 
or there was just some hidden ailment that nobody saw, nobody caught in any physical, we don't know. So I'm not going to sit here and vilify the NFL. I'm not going to vilify the Bills. I'm not going to vilify the Bengals. I'm not going to vilify the Players Association. None of them. It's just, you know, this is a tragic incident that we all have never seen happen, and you hope that we never see it again. But you just kind of wait. You just wait and see. So uh, let's do this. Um, I'm going to step away, take a quick break. I'll open up phone lines if you want to chime in, 877-867-1670. You can do so. Um, And uh, there's one more side of this I want to go to when we come back, and uh, and we'll get into that discussion as well. But I just thought there was a lot of poignant things displayed last night and some really solid discussion and coverage last night, and I want to bring some of that to you as well. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael Show. Continuing on, and uh, as we know, last night, a, uh, a very surreal night is down in Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium as to what uh, the, the world, uh, the sports world, witnessed with DeMar Hamlin collapsing on, on the turf. Uh, I was following this guy, our next guest, Mo Egger, from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati. Uh, Mo, I, first of all, thanks for joining us, but I was following you last night. I saw the pregame and everything going on at the, the Holy Grail last night, and I was excited because I know my buddy Jimmy Mooring owns it, and I, I'm just so happy for him, and, and it was such an incredible atmosphere, and I was so looking forward to the game last night. And, man, uh, just give me your perspective from the hype, the buildup, to what we witnessed, to where we are, and all the emotions you went through being there last night. Yeah, you know what I, I keep thinking about the vibe before the game. I mean, this was, you know, first of all, the temperatures were in the the low 60s on January 2nd. So you had great weather, a huge game, right? The, the sort of regular season game that for years we were hoping the Bengals could play in. You have this awesome Monday night football matchup with these two star quarterbacks, two teams coming in red hot. And a game with all sorts of playoff implications, but but really didn't have the playoff consequences, right? I, usually before a playoff game, there's there's a degree of anxiety. If they lose, the season's over. Then what happens? With this game, it was, you know what? There's a lot of upside if they win, and if they don't, uh, we'll just come back next week and they'll play the Baltimore Ravens for the AFC North title. It was, I mean, I we did our show from the Holy Grail, which for folks who don't know is maybe four blocks, five blocks away from Paycor Stadium. And we did our show from three to five and I hung out for a bit afterward. And I just, I took in the scene, lots of Bill fans, lots of Bengals fans. And it was just festive. It was, it was awesome. I, I had the same vibe I did when the all-star game was here in 2015 to go from that to standing in a full, but silent stadium. And then, you know, a little while later walking out of that stadium where confusion reigned, Sadness reigned. Uh, questions certainly reigned. I'll never forget that. And and I, I keep thinking about just how things flipped instantaneously from where things were yesterday afternoon and early evening here to 
what we all tried to go to bed thinking about last night, and that was obviously a, a very young man in the prime of his life fighting for his life. And, and uh, hopefully there's a, an, an outcome that, that, that we're all looking for. But, yeah, just how things turn so suddenly is something that I'll, I'll never forget. There was, uh, I had a friend of mine, and I. it's amazing because I, I got so many friends that were actually at the game last night that was down at Longworth Hall. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Longworth Hall in the parking area down there was set up basically for Bill's Mafia. Uh, and they were doing, the, uh, through some charity event or something to that effect or something like that. So there was, while the Bills fans were there to see the Bills win, there was a lot of camaraderie between fans for some of the things charitable-wise that they have done for one another. Yeah, you know, I mean, first of all, the, we're talking about two franchises who have put their fans through a lot, right? So I think there's the commonality of, God, if, if if it's not the Bengals, then we hope it's the Bills because, you know, that is a franchise that's never won a Super Bowl. The Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. Both, you know, drag their fans through long periods of not making the postseason. Then you add to it, you know, the game a few years ago where Andy Dalton beats the Baltimore Ravens. It lifts the Bengal or the Bills into the postseason for the first time in forever, and Bills fans flooded Andy Dalton's charity with donations, uh, which was really, really cool. Um, and so there's there's been this sort of commonality between the two fan bases, and, and there were a lot of Bills fans in and around the area last night, but everybody was getting along. Everybody was having a lot of fun. Um, you know, there was a sense of, we might play you guys again in a few weeks, right? And, and that'll be awesome. Uh, and there was a sense of, well, if it's not us, we hope it's you and not Kansas City and not the Chargers and not the Ravens. So there was all of that. And then I think the very shared experience of just from a human perspective, did we just witness something tragic? What did we witness? What's the outcome going to be? And what's next? And and I, I'm not being very good at articulating what that was like last night, but yeah, I... It, it went from awesome, and I mean an awesome pregame vibe, an early game vibe, to something that uh, it, 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 remind, it reminded me, quite frankly, of when my dad passed away. I, I, and that's the only thing that I could equate it to, and I don't like equating things to that. Um, talking with Mo Wager of ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, he was in the stands last night at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. Um, I saw your perspective. If uh, if that was your picture, I was watching on, like I said, on Facebook and on Twitter and, and Instagram and mm-hmm. such. So you were just in the stands. You were you were down there on the sideline almost, but you were what ten, fifteen rows back. Yeah. So where we sit, uh, we sit on the the visitor sideline. Because it's the sun side. It's the sign that, that gets the most amount of sun, and you want that in Cincinnati in November and December and January. Obviously not a factor for a primetime game, but you're, we, we sit right behind the visitor's bench, five rows up. And I took a buddy of mine to the game last night. The guy, the guy that I usually attend with is on his honeymoon. So I took a friend of mine, and I said, you know, the cool thing about where I sit is sometimes you can get caught up in what's happening on the sideline. So, for instance, when Ben Roethlisberger is yelling at Mike Tomlin, I watch that, or – when Adam Gase ignores his team on defense when he was coaching the Jets, you, you kind of get caught up in watching a lot of that stuff, and it's pretty cool. So last night, the the instant cue that we had uh, that something was dramatically amiss was watching Bill's players walk away from what was happening to DeMar Hamlin and walking away from the little huddle they had. And you could see those players were extremely emotional. There were guys 
crying. Uh, there were players consoling each other. And, I mean, you've, you've seen a lot of football injuries. There's always mm-hmm. some dimension of that if there's, you know, a severe lower body injury or if there's, a, if there's head trauma, if there's a neck injury, right? I mean, there's, there's you always, guys take a knee, guys console each other. You could tell this was different. Um, and, and having no real idea what was going on because of the, the number of players that just surrounded the medical personnel as they worked on uh, DeMar Hamlin, we didn't have any specifics. But then folks who are watching on TV start texting you, here's what's going on. They're administering CPR. Here's what the announcers are saying. Uh, the ambulance comes charging out onto the field. It, 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 it was abundantly clear from the get-go um, that, number one, something tragic was unfolding in front of us, and number two, uh, the, the the football portion of the evening had concluded. They were not going to resume that game. But watching the Bills players, watching Sean McDermott, watching everybody connected to that team console each other, show a grave amount of concern, and visibly, I think, try to process not only what was happening, but what might have to happen next, um, those were very, very striking images last night. So, and I put this out there last evening for those that don't know uh, where DeMar Hamlin was taken to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. It, it's, it really is one of the top, tra- top trauma centers around. And so it's great to have that facility in that city and for him to be so close to that. Now, I don't know if you've been there or haven't been there. I would assume that WLW and ESPN Radio both have boots on the ground there. What is that What has that been like? Uh, because it, you go from a sports reporter to almost a news gatherer almost immediately. Yeah, you know, it, uh, it, it's, it's put a lot of broadcasters to the test, and most that I've seen have passed with, with flying colors. But um, first of all, you're right about the University of Cincinnati a Trauma Center. Um, if, if you are unfortunate enough to go through something life-threatening, um, there aren't many better places to be taken to than the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. I, I thought the really touching thing last night was seeing the images of Bengals and Bills fans who just went there. And, and, and you know, in, in, in moments like that, there's, there's often just helplessness, right? Like, you want to do something, but what can you do? And so... A lot of folks just held vigil uh, outside the U, uh, UC Medical Center. Zach Taylor went there last night, the coach of the Bengals, Stephon Diggs, who's uh, apparently very close to DeMar Hamlin, uh, talked his way into the hospital. I think the, the real, I hate to say cool part about this, but something cool that has happened is uh, DeMar Hamlin started a toy drive when he was at uh, Pitt, when he was at uh, a college football player. And, you know, he raised a few thousand dollars and he, he bought toys for underprivileged kids. That GoFundMe uh, was still active. And as you and I talk right now, I think they've raised close to $4 million. The people have just thrown yeah. money at it. Um, that's the good part of all this. I hate that it brings it takes tragedy to, to make people do nice things. But I think there was a sense of helplessness last night. Some people channeled that by going to the hospital. Some people channeled that by... Uh, donating to a toy drive, which is going to benefit a lot of people, and I think that's cool. I just I pray that uh, Demar Hamlin is is with us to to figure out where that money ultimately is going to go. I guess. 
Do we have any word as to when or if the University of Cincinnati will have any kind of a presser, or is this strictly going to be details released through the Buffalo Bills or DeMar Hamlin's family? Well, DeMar Hamlin's family, I think about 45 minutes ago, released a statement, and it didn't really provide much in the way of information. It was just mm-hmm. one expressing gratitude uh, to the folks who had worked on DeMar, to the the, 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 the people at the, the hospital, to the folks at Paycor Stadium, to the Bengals, to the, to the people in the Bills organization. Uh, in terms of a specific medical update, uh, as you and I talk right now, last night, late last night, the, uh, the hospital said they were going to make no statements and didn't say when they would. So we're, we're all sort of uh, hanging in limbo here. I will choose not to speculate as to, to what us hanging in limbo is, is going to mean. Uh, but as of right now, there has been no announcement of any kind of planned statement. And, uh, you know, folks can, can do with that information what they what they choose. Mo, it's always uh, good to talk to you. I wouldn't talk under better circumstances, but a hell of a job. Uh, thanks for joining us on a moment's notice. But uh, a great perspective from uh, from you through your eyes, man. I appreciate it. You got it, Bill. Thanks. There you go. Mo Ager uh, of ESPN Radio. Um, he was there, and I, I wanted to have him on because he, as I had mentioned, uh, there's the place called the Holy Grail, which is, as he said, like four, three, four blocks from Paul Brown Stadium. I mean, literally out of the front door, you can see Paul Brown Stadium. It's right there. Uh, that's where they do the, the pregame show uh, on the Bengals radio network. And then he has season tickets. And so he's actually in the stands, but his perspective was from the Bills' sideline. And he, 15, 20 rows up maybe, I don't know, you can follow him at Mo Egger over on, on Twitter and you can go back through his timeline and see the picture at the beginning of the game. He, it, what, he said, what a great atmosphere, great setting for tonight's matchup or something to that effect. But, and, and then from that, and I see uh, him and a few others that had posted some video walking out of Paul Brown Stadium last night and with literally hundreds of fans around them not a word not a word is being spoken there there's there's no there's nothing it's just people just as if they're just in shock as to what they just witnessed so hopefully you know you continue to pray DeMar Hamlin comes through and just gains his life back uh how he then lives it after that if he's able to ever come back and play football again or or just live his life and achieve whatever goals he sets you you certainly hope that this young man is 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 going to be okay uh let's do this we're going to step away we're going to take a quick break we'll come back we got a lot more of the bill michael show right after this covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network the bill michael show podcast listen rate subscribe